Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's the Midsummer Classic, the special 4th of July episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. The topic is Sergeant Slaughter. My name is Private Jumping J, and as always, I'm joined by Tommy Top Gun Fierro. Good morning, Tommy. You got the name Private right, Jay, because Jay is a very, very private man. He will just not let me know exactly what's in his professional wrestling collection. Now, someone that owns a professional wrestling store like I do, the Wrestling Collector in Stockholm, New Jersey, on Route 23, uh, quick cheap plug for anyone out there that is I in the it. New Jersey area. Uh, I, I always ask Jay, go, Jay, what do you have as far as LJNs go and Hasbro's? Because I, I know in the past, Jay told me he has a, a pretty extensive collection. He will not tell me, guys, for the life of me, and I'm trying different avenues here. He will not tell me what he has up in that, that attic of his because he says he has a ton of stuff. So I'm going to have to try and work on him over the next couple of weeks and see if we can get some of uh, his merchandise revealed here on the podcast. Well, given today's topic, Sergeant Slaughter, we might have to dip our toe into merchandise talk because Slaughter had some pretty iconic, pretty rare figures, some mail-away type items. And as a wrestling collector, I know you're into all of that. So we're going to jump into today's topic. But before we do, Tommy, I got to apologize. Something came up work-wise for me last week. So we were on hiatus. There was no 80s wrestling the podcast last week and i know our listeners were probably left in the lurch so my deepest apologies it's been a while since we've connected tommy so i gotta know i know you've had some big shows ispw related this summer you just came off of a huge one last friday ispw SummerSlam, and so i need to know brother fill me in don't get me sued brother. oh my word hey listen don't get me sued here brother summer fast yeah Copyright infringement. Summerfest. Oh, it's easy. My bad. Take it easy, brother. Take it easy. Take it easy. I'm too excited. You're coming oh, yeah. off a of Summerfest. Tell me. Fill me in. What happened going into the show? What's the results coming out? Where is ISPW headed into the 4th of July weekend? It's headed to the promised land. And I will make Whoa. sure one way or another that it is because... My event this past Friday, and I know anyone that was there will, will tell you the same thing because I felt it. That was the best ISW show I've had since I come back, 150%. And I, I told you, I think last week or the week before, like my new thing, Jay, is like I'm trying to get better at producing the live events. So, like, you know, most of my shows were capping up at two hours. Well, two hours is, 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 is a stretch, 2.15, 2.30. I want to keep it around two hours. That, that's my goal. And this past Saturday, uh, Friday, I'm sorry, we had eight matches and a segment where we revealed who Justin Carino's new manager is going to be, and we'll get into that because that plays into a story that made the show so special. But I got eight matches and a segment like that, plus an intermission. I started the show right at 7.30, exactly at 7.30, and the show was done at 9.33. So that was my most well-produced show. Uh, everything was flying throughout the whole night. And I actually hope one of the uh, people that were at the event Friday call into the show today because I, I, they can attest to everything I'm saying right now. But there was just a, a different energy uh, in the air at ISPW this past Friday night. 
And I think it had to do with the fact that Tommy Dreamer was there and I've never used Tommy before. And, and believe it or not, uh, me being around just as long as he's been, uh, uh, he, we never been met before. So it was, it was a, a different dynamic and he brought a different dynamic to the show because there was a lot, a lot of smart fans there. And I, I, I actually really dug that uh, because that's not something I'm used to. I'm used to more families and, and, uh, you know, families and kids, and, and it was that too, but you, you, you can see spread in amongst the, the people there that there was a smart mark contingent. I, I hate that word. I'm sorry. Smart fan contingent there, and it, it made the night special. So, for example, H.C. Loke is in the second match. H.C. Uh, Loke originally came from ECW as a, as a referee, but, you know, you never hear people chanting ECW when H.C. Loke's out there where, where this time, dude, the, the whole place is chanting ECW. And, I, and when, he, when, that's, when he did that, I'm like, damn, like, there's something there. So I, I knew it was different. And uh, when man, and I'm going to tell you a behind-the-scenes story also, uh, just because, you know, you guys, you know, tune in every week and, and you always support ISW and everything I do. So I'm going to give you a – uh, uh, literally a behind-the-scenes story of, of my train of thought uh, as I'm producing a show. So the main event is Tommy Dreamer uh, challenging the superstar Danny Morrison with Maven for the ISPW World Heavyweight title. Now, rewind real quick. Right before that segment, we had uh, – right before that match, we had a segment where we were going to reveal who Justin Carino's new manager is. And we had like four or five independent – managers out there and they you know they were offering their services to justin and wrote down a number on a piece of paper and gave it to him and justin's looking at all the different numbers and he says well i appreciate all the offers i've already made my uh my my pick and let me introduce you to my new manager and it want to be maven which is a surprise because justin and maven Ooh. were just feuding for the last three months because of danny but justin turned heel the last show so maven comes in the ring holding a briefcase and he tells Justin, he's like, I saw a side of you last show that I've never seen before. The intensity that you had when you turned on not only ISW fans, but you put a beating to GKM and Leo Sparrow. He's like, I saw something in you right then and there. And not only did I sign you to a lucrative deal, but I got you a lucrative deal with ISPW, which includes in this briefcase a title opportunity anytime you want it. Now listen, he says. You know, Danny's my best friend. He's the champion. You cannot cash this in while Danny is the champion. You use that after, if, if Danny ever loses that belt, you cash it in because I know that right then and there, I have the next world heavyweight champion guaranteed. So Justin agrees to it. They hug. Justin's dressed up, shirt, tie, slacks, shoes. And uh, then fast forward to the main event now. Just keep that in the back of your head. So Tommy Dreamer's music hits, Man in the Box, right? A second that music hit, Jay, the entire building stood up. And when he came out, Tommy, and I know that he's done a, a lot of independent shows in the area in the past, he realized immediately that this wasn't just some regular independent show. And I, can, I know that because what I do now, Jay, is, I, dude, I, I really, really, I'm, I'm really zoning my craft right now. What I do is I just look, I look Tommy Dreamer in his eyes the whole way to the ring. Once he's in the ring, well, I'm, not, I'm not looking at anything. I'm not, I'm not, my eyes are focused on his eyes because I want to see if he feels it in his eyes. And let me tell you, he felt it. 
I can tell he felt it. And I looked at the I looked at the DJ go play that song for thirty more seconds. So now you see he's amped up. He he feels it. The whole, the crowd's going crazy. That thirty seconds extra that I played that song, you you can tell he was he was amped up and ready to go. So the cool part is now that music fades away. We do it main event style for WWE pay per views for the title match where they announce the guys as they're both in the ring, you know, for the title. So Danny um, Tommy's music cuts away. And then Dan- and Danny's music hits right in. The cool part is, is that all those fans stood as well. And no one sat down for when Danny came out. And then Danny got a big reaction. So, you know, the dynamic there is when they start the matches, they're friends. Uh, they are best, like nearly best friends in real life. And they let the crowd know that. They were talking back and forth on the mic. So it, right away, it was a real special moment. And this match is actually on YouTube already, Jay. I'll send you the link after the episode. Uh, that we do today you got to watch it the dynamic of it's really cool and these guys had a great match i mean and the crowd was so invested into it so at the end uh you know uh danny picks up the win he beats tommy dreamer the second the second the referee's hand hit three on that mat justin carino's music hits he now comes out with dressed up in his gear. People just saw him 15 minutes ago in a shirt and tie and slacks, and now he's in his gear. He's bringing that briefcase in the ring. Maven's freaking, freaking out. What are you doing? The same part of the deal. This, this, this is not what we agreed upon. What are you doing? Danny, who's, you know, obviously just been through hell, had a great, grueling match. He's not backing down, though, because he's a fighting champion. So, you know, uh, Maven's freaking out behind Danny. All of a sudden, freaking Maven takes the ISPW world title and smashes it over Danny's head. Justin gets on top. One, two, kick out. Danny gets up. Justin super kicks him. One, two, three. New ISPW world heavyweight champion. Justin Carino leaves with Maven. And now, not only did that happen, but uh, the EMSs were there. Danny was was knocked out. We actually had a gurney, then bring a gurney to the ring and carry him out on the on the on the gurney. And the crowds just chanting as they're as they're putting him on the gurney. Uh, Danny, Danny, and they just keep getting here, get louder and louder and louder. And then when when Danny put up his middle thumb, his, his middle I mean, middle finger, he wouldn't want to do that. When he when he <laughs> when he put up his, his thumb, the, the fucking place erupted. So, I mean, I couldn't have had everything go more perfectly the way it did this past Friday. So, yeah, I'm amped up. I got to tell you, the way you, you painted that picture, I knew none of this. I asked you before the show, and you're like, save it for the show. I'm going to tell you on air. You painted <laughs> a picture right there. I could visually see it happening in front of me. Maybe well, the cool thing is it turned uh, on the quick, superstar, and we have a new ISPW champion. Yep, and then what I want you to do also after this episode, go on the ISPW Wrestling Facebook, um, Instagram page. It's ISPW Wrestling on Instagram. You can see the picture of Justin Carino standing over a dead Danny holding the belt with Maven and the referee doing the X symbol because Danny was hurt. It, if, if I could have paid the, the photographer Brooke a million dollars for the shot, I would have because the shot she took captured the vision I had in my head before this whole thing even happened. You got to check out the picture. It's really. I'm looking really, at. Maybe, I'm looking at the photo right now. It's incredible. Yeah, how, how, it's black picture, and white. Tell me, that, tell me that picture doesn't capture everything I just said. 
Listen, they say a photo, a picture is worth a thousand words. I think you got more than a thousand in this shot, my man. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, anyone that's anyone that's listening to the show right now, just go over to, or after the episode's over, ISPW Wrestling on Instagram. Check out the picture of Justin laying over him, and then also follow the photographer Brooke. She's she does a great job. She does a lot of. Uh, I have a lot of. I tell you, I have a, another another girl too, uh, Nettie's. Uh, I'm not sure what she is on Instagram. I'll, I'll find out for next week. But I got two girls that take really, really great shots. So um, I'll definitely check them out, you know. Well, here's the deal. We got a great topic today, but this ISPW stuff has me intrigued. And waiting in the wings on line number one is what very well could be the ISPW superfan number one. I'm talking about none other than Totowa Tom. So get ready, everybody. It's time. It's time. It's total with Tom time. Good morning, Tom. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Hello. Total with Tom is on location, so you may not be able to hear me. But listen, last week's show was a travesty in ISPW history. A travesty. As a cornerman for Danny's fans, I can't believe what happened. And you know what? I blame I almost—I was blaming you, Jumping Jay, because we didn't have the show last week. I knew exactly what was going to happen. I called in for a half hour last week to warn Tommy. I didn't believe for a second what Maven was saying. See, two weeks ago in Cedar Grove, Tommy was trying to help Danny Morrison, and Maven was taking no part of it. And then Maven went online, and he apologized and said, Oh, Tommy, everything's cool, man. I've just been going back a ways with Danny. You know, he's my boy. I hope you guys will apologize. You know, please accept my apology. And Fierro, of course, said, Yeah, apology accepted. Immediately, I was like, I got to call the show on Thursday. I got to tell Tommy. And you know what? It hit me. I think it's that mayor from Butler who had a hand in this. He somehow sabotaged the show on Thursday. He somehow knew Tommy Dreamer was going to be in the main event against Danny Morrison this week. Because if you recall, Morrison won the belt back in Butler six months ago. So that no good mayor had a lot to do with it. And I am furious. What are we going to do? We can't have Karina with the belt. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all about doing Where was Danny I'm from always, Butler? I'm, I'm all about doing good business, brother. And right now, this is good business. Where was Danny from Butler? He could have helped. I didn't see him. In, in all, in all, in all, in all, uh, in all truth, truthfulness, though, to be serious for a minute, Tom, tell you you were there in that in that crowd. Tell tell Jay the vibe throughout the night because I, me me being me being the promoter of it, I felt it tremendously that it was a completely different animal this past Friday. What was it like for you, who's gone to every ISPW show in that crowd? being a small part of that ruckus, it was just a different feel Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, aside from the atrocity at the end, the first three or four matches, it almost sounded like we were in Japan because the crowd was a wrestling uh, fans crowd. You know, they clapped. They knew when to clap. They knew when to cheer. Um, there really wasn't any uh, egregious shouting that was done. It was just fans enjoying the work. And then as the night went on, you heard some ECW chants. As a matter of fact, the first match, you heard an ECW chant. And then when Dreamer came out, you heard another one. But, Tommy, did you notice what happened during that match between Morrison and Dreamer? The ECW chant changed. It was an ISPW chant. 
to Nate. Hell yeah! And not only not only did I hear it, I felt it. So yeah, I know, I know. I'm I'm so happy that you brought that up because, yeah, it's it's very flattering because uh, I think that the fans realized as the show was as that match was going on that it wasn't about ECW because ECW has been dead for 20 years. I think that they realized what they were seeing in front of them was was ISPW. And uh, if you notice at the end of that show, uh, Tom, and I'll tell you too, Jay, uh, Tommy Dreamer got on the microphone and said, anytime ISW wants to have me back, I'd love to be here, which, uh, which is really cool. And he did that all on his own. So I know that he really enjoyed his first time working for me. I know I really enjoyed having him for the first time. And, uh, yeah, man, the, the, the show was just was next level for me. And what are we going to do with Dave LaGreca, that no-good turncoat? I mean, for weeks, for months. He's in the corner of Danny Morrison, and then he turns. Why does he turn? I never understood that. Is it because he's on his busted open show with Tommy Dreamer, and they're, they're, they're talking behind the scenes? Hey, how can we get the belt off Morrison? Well, hey, I'll go with Rick Recon. Well, wait, isn't there a manager already for Rick Recon? Doesn't he have Mr. DeVille? I don't understand that. What is going on, Tommy? Hey, man, we'll, we'll, save, we'll save all this for an ISPW episode in the future, but as of right now, we're, 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 we're celebrating... Fourth of right. July weekend so, coming up, beginning tomorrow, and uh, what a I better guess. topic we have this week, Jay. Jay picked the uh, the topic. We're talking Sergeant Slaughter, and I know I have a lot to say about them. I know Jay does as well. But while we have you on the phone, Tom, before we go to the next caller, uh, what what are some what if if you had to pick one moment, one moment, and this is a tough one because he's he's had several. What's the one moment that stuck out most for you for Sergeant Slaughter? As a kid in 1984, when he started the um, salute to the flag, and I, I forgot what it was, if it was the Pledge of Allegiance or God Bless America, uh, and everybody in the crowd stood up. Um, this was at a time when there was a terrible animosity with the United States and Iran. It was just coming off the Iran hostage situation. And, of course, it was the beginning of Slaughter's turn um, because he was a heel for so many years. When I first started watching him, he was a, he was a bad guy. And uh, this actually spoke volumes to me. And uh, there was a point in time where I felt that Slaughter was actually even more popular than Hogan. And there was even talks back then of, of Slaughter possibly being champ. But um, that moment in particular, it was on a Saturday morning. It was one of those, you know, those, uh, those 10 o'clock in the morning shows. And it was just a regular appearance by the Iron Sheik. And Slaughter wanted nothing to do with it. And Slaughter got uh, the patriotism back in America at a time when we needed it. That's probably my um, most, uh, how can I say it? Uh, I just love that moment that Sergeant Slaughter gave to me. But he also, you know, and we're talking about swerves because obviously I've been on a rant this morning with the swerves in ISPW. Slaughter was also part of one of the biggest swerves of all, too. And I'm sure some of the other callers can talk about that later. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Thanks, man. It's always a pleasure. (laughs) I love how he does that. Listen, before we take the next caller, I just want to say, you can can feel Toto and Tom's passion about ISPW, Tommy. So when you tell me that it's a fantastic product, I was there. I saw it in person, so I know it is. But when you hear the kind of passion in his voice, you know that he's buying into everything you're putting out there. So hats off to you from producing Summerfest this past weekend. But let's keep the patriotism rolling. 
like a tank rolling over the enemy. We're going to keep the conversation of Sergeant Slaughter going by checking in with Brian the Brain. Good morning, Brian, and happy 4th of July to you. Hey, good morning, uh, Jay. Good morning, Tommy. Good to hear your guys' voices again. And uh, nice rundown of the show, uh, Tom, and, uh, and of course, Tommy. Uh, I also liked Tom's uh, recollection of uh, Sergeant Slaughter's uh, face turn in WWF. It was uh, right after uh, Sheik dropped the belt to, to Hogan and I wasn't watching at that time, but I'm glad to hear from somebody who was and, and, and hear how cool that was to watch it as a kid. Awesome, man. Any, and, 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 and first yeah. of all, we apologize for not being on last week. Uh, I, had, I had the option to, but I told Jay prior to – see, my, my, my schedule is a little bit more lenient than Jay's because wrestling is my job. That's what I do. So there's times where Jay can't do it, and I trust me, I completely and totally understand. I, I just don't want to work with anyone else. No, no disrespect to anyone else, because uh, Matt Capitello is great. Uh, me and him did it before, and, and me and uh, Loverboy Lee did one before, and he's great too. But there's just something about the dynamic with me and Jay, and I'm, I'm sure you you listen to the show every week. We just, in my opinion, we just we can we bounce off each other so good that I don't want to do it with anyone else. Definitely. It's great talking with you guys. And uh, I'm wondering if uh, either of you uh, is old enough to have uh, collected G.I. Joe's back in the day, because that was uh, that was my probably uh, first introduction to Sergeant Slaughter is uh, seeing him on the cartoons and getting the mail away. Sergeant Slaughter, G.I. Joe. I don't know if either of you guys got uh, I think he had like four figures from 85 to 89. And I'm pretty sure the one I got is that uh, ground floor 1985 mail away. I didn't know if you guys have any of the G.I. Joe Sergeant Slaughters. I, I did as a kid. I don't have them anymore. But, yeah, I remember having them as a kid. How about you, Jay? So my, I grew up with two older brothers. And so G.I. Joe was big in our house. We had tons of figures, tons of vehicles. It's the classic sad story, though, we all, they all got sold at a garage sale. And so we have no G.I. Joes left. Yeah. But I will tell you this, I did not have the Sergeant Slaughter mail-away G.I. Joe as bad as I wanted it. Here's the thing that I don't know the answer to. Maybe one of you gentlemen can shed some light on it. But in our childhood, a lot of the Sergeant Slaughter figures were mail-aways. And I don't know what kind of deal he had, but the Hasbro, I think, was a mail-away. The uh, LJN was a mail-away. The G.I. Joe was a mail-away. And so either this guy was getting a kickback from the Postal Service or something was up. But I will tell you that anytime, anytime I go into a vintage toy store or like a collectible store and they have G.I. Joes, I always look for the Sergeant Slaughter one because I would love to bring one home to the collection. Well, the... Uh... Uh, I know at least two, the one that he looks like the same figure as he does with the, uh, the Hasbro that's styled like the, uh, like the uh, LJNs. Uh, that one that looks ex- you know, exactly like him becomes the, the swagger stick. That was a, uh, a mail away. And I think the others might've just might've been in store. And then of course the, uh, the one that had the advertisement in the magazines that actually had other LJNs, uh, around him like they've been conquered by him um, that uh, Hasbro put out. Uh, that was a mail away. And 
man, I wish I'd gotten it back then, but I, I am glad I got it. Uh, I got it around 2016, 2017 and paid, I, I know it was, uh, uh, closer to a hundred than it was to two hundred dollars, and now those suckers are going for seven, eight hundred bucks on eBay. So yes, uh, yes, they're is, very. I'm, I'm really glad I have. Definitely. So I'm I'm stoked to have one of those. And and Sergeant Slaughter, he's a really cool dude. He actually follows all kinds of people on Twitter, and and I had an exchange with him months ago where I, he didn't realize that the uh, the it's a different material on that figure than it is on the LJNs. The LJNs are more of a soft rubber, whereas his figure, uh, if you guys have uh, had the Elizabeth figure, I think she's got one that's supposedly a little bit soft, but uh, most of hers are a little bit harder plastic than the LJNs, and Sergeant Slaughter's is is uh, even a little bit harder than that one, but it's a uh, you know, slightly different material than those. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to have a couple of uh, Sergeant Slaughter mail away, one LJN style, one old GI Joe in my in my collection. So um, another quick story on Sarge is he's one of only two guys when you, if they ever checked out Roddy Piper's latest book that his kids finished, he's only one of uh, two guys that's ever been in uh, Roddy Piper's house and uh, his kids called him uncle Bob. And so uh, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, when they became uh, friends on legends house, Roddy had him over at that time. But uh, growing up, I guess Sergeant Slaughter was the only wrestler that went to the uh, Piper family home in, in Oregon. So I, I just think that's super cool that, uh, that he was uh, good buddies and, and known as uncle to Roddy's kids. That's awesome, man. Definitely. And, uh, uh, you know, of course I remember the heel turn and, in, in uh, when he came back to WWF, I also remember watching him a little bit on AWA and then the whole story with, uh, you know, Vince, he'd, he'd actually made the deal with G.I. Joe and went to Vince with it. Uh, Slaughter has a, I think it's on Pro Wrestling Stories on Twitter. They have, somebody wrote a nice article about it where uh, Slaughter went to Vince with the deal and, and Vince had already struck up a, a deal with LJN and told him he couldn't do it. And uh, Sarge basically, he made the right choice for himself being a part of both franchises and, and deciding to, to sign on with uh, the G.I. Joe franchise. Yeah, absolutely, man. And real quick, while I got you on the, the phone still, uh, Brian, because you had mentioned about um, his heel turn, and I want to talk about that because uh, I'm sure, Jay, you might want to mention it too. But at, at, at anything that he's ever done, and trust me, he's done so many things. He's one of the biggest legends in the history of our industry, and uh, both as a heel and a babyface. And you're right where, um, I don't know if it was you or, the, or, or Tom said that, he rivaled Hulk Hogan at one point. Uh, for being the, the, uh, uh, such a, a big star as far as a, a good guy goes. What I, what I, I wanted to quickly make a little bit more meant to his heel turn. And just think about, think about that time frame. Can you imagine? Obviously, first of all, it would never happen in the quadrillion years because we're in a totally different era and time frame than we were back then. But can you imagine us, someone doing a Russian gimmick right now, an American guy turning Russian in WWE, and, like, how much heat that would be. Like, back then, man, like, that shit was, uh, that shit was ground, that was groundbreaking. It was different. Like, and, and the stories he's told, and I'm sure that you guys heard interviews he's done in the past about, you know, getting threats to his house, his, his wife getting calls 
So just just think, take that into consideration for a second. How far he pushed the envelope for the business uh, the, to the fact where his family was it was was getting threatened and, and jeopardized, and he still stuck with it and stayed with it. I mean, what a pro! Uh, I, I tell you what, man, I would be freaking scared shit to do that even back then. Uh, I mean, that was a serious, serious, serious situation. And I think that that makes that WrestleMania for me, WrestleMania 7, so special because it was right in the middle of the freaking war that was going on. And, you know, he, and he even, you know, he even, he upped the ante burning Hogan's shirt. And he just, it was, it was serious, serious shit, man. And, and you have to give him all the credit in the world. All, go back and watch his promos. Go back and watch that. Anyone that's listened to this show, Go back and watch what led up to WrestleMania Seven with Hogan and Warrior. I mean Hogan and uh, Slaughter, and how great of a job they did telling that story. That's what's missing. So, and I, I, I sound like a broken record every week on this podcast saying this, but that's what's missing, man. Is they really, really, really told that story so good, and it was so personal to me. To you, Brian, to you, Jay, because this is our freaking country. And this fucking guy, excuse my language, this guy is going to turn his back. The, the, the biggest American hero ever. The guy that led the revolution for G.I. Joe, the all-American hero. He's going to turn his back on our country after everything we did to get behind him. Man, that's, that's money. And that, he gives yeah, so much credit. For that angle, it wasn't one of the best angles ever, in my opinion. Well, it was a it was a different time, and I don't think you could do it today. And then uh, they damn near burned the American flag, and I and I think they were really smart to not go to that extent and to to hold it at the uh, the Hulkamania T-shirt. You know, that was uh, that, I think that was something that Sarge, you know, put put his foot down and said, "No, I'm I'm not going to do that." So. But, uh, yeah, tons of guts and a very memorable angle. And then to see Adnan Al-Casey and Iron Sheik come in as, uh, you know, Colonel Mustafa, that, that lended more to it as well. Plus, I mean, what a shock to see him dethrone the Ultimate Warrior. And, the, you know, it, it, before that happened, I, I had, you know, I had visions of Hulk uh, and Warrior facing off again at WrestleMania 7 and then out of nowhere – Macho Man with the scepter helps Sergeant Slaughter beat Warrior for the title. You guys, listening to you guys recount this iconic feud between Hogan and the turncoat Sergeant Slaughter puts me right back into my state of mind when I was a young kid watching it. Everything you're saying, I'm just smiling and listening because the take, the real American hero the guy that always stood for the red, the white, and the blue, and to turn him against America. And this was, if you listen to the Bruce Pritchard podcast, he tells a story about how they were pretty sure that we weren't going to go into a full-fledged war, that it was just going to kind of be an altercation. So they thought this would be a good way to, you know, mimic what's going on in the world inside wrestling like they like to do. And then when it broke out into a full-fledged war, they had a decision to make. Do they go forward with it? Do they pull back? They talked to Sergeant Slaughter. They talked to Hogan. They had a meeting. They decided, let's go and see what happens. And it became very real 
for Sergeant Slaughter is he would, you know, there's stories that he had to wear bulletproof vests when he was going places. He had to have security with him because it was very real. Tensions were high, but man, in, in the scope of storytelling, that is one that they got right. The way that they scripted Sergeant Slaughter turning heel and then to face Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania seven for the title. Man, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, well, I'm glad they uh, I'm glad they switched it around and uh, and turned him back, and he hasn't looked uh, he hasn't gone heel since. So that was so Brian. I'm going to ask Tommy the same question, but I know the answer to Tommy's. Have you ever had a chance to meet Sergeant Slaughter, Brian? No, just uh, like I say, he interacts with several. Uh, several of the different tweets and stuff that, and he follows just about everyone, everyone on there. So he's a fun follow on Twitter. Um, like I said, I've had several interactions with him on there, but unfortunately never had the opportunity to meet him. Um, hopefully one of you two has a story or two about uh, meeting Sergeant Slaughter in person. Well, I so, know I mean, Tommy's I met him. Yeah, I've met first. him. So yeah. Oh, I was going to say he, so we have a local, baseball team here in tall and here in town um and every once in a while they'll bring in some kind of celebrity to throw out the first pitch and to sign autographs and they brought sergeant slaughter in one summer and so i got to go i got to meet him get a photo with him hang out with him super nice guy and a, a, a legitimate big guy i'm six five and i think we were probably pretty close to looking eye to eye with each other so he's one of these guys who definitely fill, fills the bill of being someone who's larger than life. I mean, he's in his camo. He's got that big chin. He's standing head and shoulders above everybody else. He's using that scruffy voice of his. And so for me, it was truly like meeting the guy that you saw every Saturday morning, either on the G.I. Joe cartoon or the wrestling show. It's like he literally stepped out of that show and was meeting fans and to me, I just loved every minute of it. Tommy, what about some of your opportunities to work with the man? Well, I, I actually got the – I used him twice. Actually, no, I'm, I'm sorry, three times. I, I used him three different occasions. First time was uh, 80s Wrestling Con uh, in October of 2019. It was the second one I did. I had him there. His line was he's, – he's such a pro – because his line never stopped, and he didn't complain one time about it the entire time. He literally sat down and, and, and met every fan, signed every autograph, took every picture for over four hours. And uh, he is a pro's pro, let me tell you. The second time I used him was for a virtual signing. Um, the following year, uh, once the pandemic happened and hit, it was the following October, I did a virtual signing with him. That would have been 2021. And uh, same thing, man. Just really, really, really awesome. Tons of orders for him. I never complained one time for signing all the stuff that he was signing. And then when I uh, brought back ISPW, uh, that no, uh, it was actually right around the same time. Uh, he, I did my first show back. It was a, uh, it was Labor Day weekend. And what better person to have to celebrate Labor Day weekend? If it wasn't the Fourth of July, then Sergeant Slaughter is, is America's American hero, you know. So it, it, every time I had him, man, he's been nothing but a pro. Uh, he's over no matter where. Like he's there's certain guys 
for me doing this. There, there's certain guys that they're going to, no matter how many times you use them or where you use them or how you use them, they're going to always draw. And that's Sergeant Slaughter. That's Jake the Snake what? Roberts. That's the million-dollar man, Teddy Biasi. These guys are iconic, and uh, they, their legacy will never die. So it, it's, it's a unique uh, opportunity to, to work with someone when, when I do that. He's next level over. That, that's the way I like to describe it. He's next level over. I, I think it speaks to the uh, quality of uh, human he is that Roddy try, tried to shield his family from the wrestling business and keep them kind of on an island out at their ranch in Oregon. And, and basically that's the one guy that Roddy's like, okay, this is the guy that'll, uh, at least back in the day, I mean, later he got you know to know Hacksaw, but that's the one guy that he felt comfortable bringing around the family. And, and here's a, a guy wholesome enough that can, my kids could call him uncle Bob. So anyway, great stuff. Couldn't agree more. Speaks volumes about the type of person he was. Brian, we got a few other callers on hold before we let you go. Any big plans for the 4th of July? Oh, just uh, probably trying to stay. It's 100 degrees out here, so uh, may go swimming with the nieces and, and my girlfriend and her sister and and uh, probably try to just stay in the shade and uh, take it somewhat easy. So, uh, wish you guys a, a wonderful 4th of July weekend. It's great to hear from you again, and uh, all the best in the world to you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Sounds good, Brian. Thank you so much. We're flying coast to coast. That was Brian the Brain from Chico, California. Now we're going to touch base with our good friend Danny from Butler, New Jersey. Danny, happy 4th of July to you. Hey, Tommy, Jumping Jay, uh, always a pleasure. I missed uh, having you guys uh, last week. Uh, uh, Jumping Jay, Tommy, I'm telling you, man, that guy, the, the amount of respect he has and love he has for you is incredible. I went out the, 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 the day of that you guys couldn't have the show because you had a you had to work. Uh, he goes, Yo, I can't do that show without him, man. It's just, it's just oh, not yeah. even, I just don't feel oh. right. I just you, you, didn't feel like so, you know, you I, I had to throw that out there just you know, just to know how much you were appreciated uh, by the man behind eighties wrestling. Oh yeah, man. Listen, You're right. Danny, let, me, let, me tell, let me tell him that real quick, Jay. So uh Danny from Butler actually came into the wrestling collector last Thursday. Uh shortly after we would have been off the air. And uh he said, Oh, no show today, huh? And I, and I told him I said that and he well, he just said it's true. This just so you know, I, I sing your praise. When you're not around, I said, I cannot do a show without him. Well, listen, that, I, that means a lot to me because uh, any time that I have to miss and you had a co-host, a little part of me dies inside and I, and I miss it. So I, I was happy to hear that you were just willing to take a breath, take a breather, and hit it back hard this week. So, Danny, when you were there last week, was Lucas with you or did, was this a solo mission to the Wrestling Collector? No, no, no. He, he, uh, he, uh, he uh, kept the... Uh... Yeah, you know, we've been so busy. Uh, I've been, you know, with work, and then you know, with his, you know, him uh, with little league and all this stuff. I just didn't have a chance to, have, you know, pass by the store. So he kept every day, every day. So I was like, all right, but we're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna make this happen. I'll get you there. I had to get his, uh, I, I had to get his ticket anyway for the the show last Friday. I, I wasn't able to nice. attend, but uh, lucky enough, his his uh, little league coach uh, offered uh, to take him. So. I, I was able to at least get him to the show, uh, and you know he, of course, you know, 
not just a ticket. He always uh, walks away with some uh, some type of memorabilia. But uh, <laughs> besides the point, <laughs> you know, you talk about a, you know, how, what a great, you know, what a way to talk about the Fourth of July with a, you know, obviously Sergeant Slaughter, you know, one of the true wrestling icons in the business of all time. Um, you know, my young memories of him, obviously, as, as a younger kid, I'm not thinking about the rest. I'm thinking about the guy from GI Joe. You know, yeah. it, you know when he was a, and his first run. You know, obviously, like you know, he got you know his run earlier in uh, you know with the you know down south. You know, you know his uh, you know being a United States champion. You know him teaming up with uh, Don Cernudo as a tag team champion. You know they had great uh, matches with I guess the Briscoes and you know, Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood, and then you know like his early run with the WWF you know obviously we all know the you know the run you know the feud he had with Sergeant Slaughter but you know I kind of remember just you know the, him being a GI Joe guy and um actually you know remember that you know you know in one of the I guess uh, one of the wrestling magazines the the brochures they had a like a LJN type you know a figure that they were going to make of him a rubber one and I don't know what happened I thought I was I ordered it or my parents ordered it and and I, 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 for some reason, I never got it, but that's uh, my child memory of him. But then, you know, obviously, you know, <laughs> he, when he came back to the WWF, you know, you know, you talk about tremendous store writing. You talk about having balls to do what they did, uh, you know, around the time of the, you know, Gulf War, you know, t- turning him heel and making him an Iraqi sympathizer, man. You talk about, you know, creative and, you know, you talk about, extreme and like just taking that chance you know guy you know him getting death threats them having to change the location of wrestlemania and them putting him against hulk hogan you know you're like you talk about you know storytelling and, and you know just the the you know the, the 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 minds that these guys had like pat patterson and them to that move and you know for him to make it work you know it speaks volumes and like i said i think you know that's what i remember about sergeant slaughter you know everybody remembers Obviously, you know, the Royal Rumble in 91 when he got the title from the, the Warrior. Um, then, you know, the build-up to WrestleMania, him burning the flag. And then, like I said, it's just the the culmination of him meeting Hulk Hogan. And like I said, that was actually, you know, it was a, a pretty, you know, a pretty good match, those two, the way they went at it, the, the story those guys told in the ring. And, you know, like I said, that's the memory that I'm always going to have of, of Slaughter. I got to meet him. You know, it just, when uh, Tommy brought back uh, ISBW that Labor Day, I met him. I took a picture. I actually uh, was able to get a picture of him putting me in the the Cobra Clutch. Oh yeah, so, cool. like I said, it was. One, one time, I mean to cut you off, uh, Danny, but uh, Jay, I was just actually talking about the first ISBW show back then. Sergeant Slaughter was there. Danny was actually at that show, so he he, he can give you a, a first-hand perspective. Of how cool was it just to have Sergeant Slaughter at an independent show? You don't see that very often. Yeah, like I, it was, it was awesome. You know, the guy was, you know, totally professional. He was friendly. You know, he uh, he was super cool with Lucas and myself. You know, like I said, it was just you know, like I said, he, uh, talking about one of the true icons. You know, he, it, it doesn't get any better than uh, Sergeant Slaughter. So, like I said, it's uh, you know, you guys, uh, you can't have a perfect topic uh, with for the Fourth of July than Sergeant, and uh, you know, just one of the true, true legends of the business. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to know, when he slapped on that, that hold to you, Danny, could, 
I mean, did he cinch it in? Were you, were you going under, or did he um, just kind of laid in like when he first put his hands on me and saw like it was you know it, it, it was a it was a shoot kind of but <laughs> now nah, he didn't he didn't really get it in all the way but like, when when he first got, you know grabbed that you know got a grip of me it felt like you know it was uh you know it was it, you know it was uh game time but it was like I said it was like I said you know it's, what a better way to you know cap off uh, Labor Day weekend and you know getting a picture with him in a in a camel clutch that's uh it doesn't get better and that was it was a tremendous experience and like I said it's just a a total class act to you know be that around. That is fantastic. Danny, what are you doing to celebrate the 4th of July? Anything? I I will be probably packing up and uh, getting ready for my uh, trip uh, to the Dominican Republic the next day. That's the way I'll nice. be spending my 4th of July. You have a great time, man. You deserve it, brother. Oh, I, 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 it's much needed. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, like I said, uh, it's, uh, you know, I'll definitely. Whoa! I think we lost him. I, <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> is, that, is, that a, is that a good assumption? <laughs> the way I said it was perfect timing. I think we lost him. I love <laughs> detective. Was... Detective Tommy steps in and solves <laughs> it. It, just, it, just, it just rolled off the it rolled off the tongue. Good, didn't it? I think we lost him. I think we lost him. Yeah, very so, hey, very uh, well delivered line. Yes, sir. Do we have anyone else on hold right now or no? There's nobody waiting in the wings. It is just you. And me. Nice. Well, let's talk a little bit about starting Slaughter. And because uh, usually we get calls throughout the whole show, and we never even get the opportunity to talk about what we think. Right, so right. I, I, already, I, I already spoke about the thing that stands out to most to me about starting Slaughter was that angle with Hogan and just like how dedicated he was to making that angle work. I mean, that, I'm telling you, man, that's, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a heavy, Heavy, there's there's angles, dude, and there's freaking heavy, 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 heavy angles, and that was one of them. So I give him so much credit. I mean, in today's day and age, people get offended by the color of shirt you wear. So can you imagine what the heat would be like today if you did something like that? It, it, it wouldn't be possible to do it. But you, you just got to give the guy so much credit because it was such a such a hard, hard thing. It hasn't been hard to do. Especially when you did your whole career as, as you know, the uh, the, the face of America. I mean, it, and whoever came up with that angle too was freaking genius. I, I loved every second of that. So that that's the thing that stands out to most. And and I'm not saying it disrespectfully because he's had a fantastic, fantastic career, one of the biggest stars in the history of our industry. But that angle, in my opinion, was the culmination of why he is so great uh, because he, he played a different character under the worst circumstances ever. I mean, you couldn't ask someone to do something that's more shitty than, than, than that during, during the, what was going on in the world. So uh, that always stands out to me. And then like you said too, like how he beat the ultimate warrior at, for the title at the Royal Rumble. Like I, I, I really enjoyed that. But I mean, the guy, Here's the difference when I say next level over, just so you understand that for people that maybe don't understand uh, the lingo of, of the business, let me explain it a little bit better. So next level over, in my uh, assumption and opinion, means he is someone that not only diehard wrestling fans know, 
he is not someone that regular wrestling fans know. He's not someone that not only casual wrestling fans know. He is a household name. He was a part of pop culture. That's what I mean by next level over, is that even if you had no idea about professional wrestling, you know or heard of Sergeant Slaughter through G.I. Joe or through other avenues of stuff that he also did. He's next level over. He is a crossover icon, part of pop culture. That is very well said because I think people sometimes forget how hard it is to transition from one thing and break through that pop culture line where you become a household name, where people who don't watch wrestling know exactly who you are. Part of that was his association with G.I. Joe. Part of that was he was 100% believable as his character. When you saw him on TV, he used that loud, gruff voice. He was wearing the camouflage. He had the reflective sunglasses on. He was 100% Sergeant Slaughter whenever the camera was on. And so I think that helps transition him. And as much as I would argue that even without the heel turn in the WrestleMania main event, still hold Sergeant Slaughter in very high regard as far as the history of professional wrestling and what he contributed and who he is in that world. But the fact that he had that heel turn, I think cemented him as somebody who we're going to be talking about for a long time. And I don't think without that heel turn, I don't see him capturing the most prestigious title in the world of wrestling, the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. If he just remained the patriotic Sergeant Slaughter fighting for good, I don't think he would have got to that level. Whenever a, a babyface who's having a lot of success, and by a lot of success, I mean, A, they're over with the fans, but B, they've got a lot of merchandise tied up to their persona. G.I. Joe would not sign the evil slaughter. So he's this G.I. Joe slaughter. He's this real American hero. So he's got all that, and then he decides to turn his back. And you got to think when you turn your back, those endorsement deals kind of dwindle down. But he made the decision to bet it all on this turn. I think he knew what it could do for the wrestling scene at that moment. And I think he knew ultimately what it could do for his career. And so people always talk about when Hogan turned to the NWO, they didn't know he was going to turn till day of because he went back and forth. He had some advisors telling him, look, you built your whole persona on being this role model for kids. And if you turn your back, all that stuff goes away and you're entering into the unknown. I think at this moment in time, Sergeant Slaughter was entering into the unknown. He knew it was going to be a big storyline, but I don't think he knew if he could come back from it. It might have been so much heat, so much hate, that once he dropped the title to Hogan, that was it for him. But thankfully, in the world of wrestling, 
everybody gets embraced when they turn back to the good side. And so, like you said, that heel turn and that run, I think, cemented his legacy and really showed us what kind of performer, what kind of entertainer, what kind of wrestler Sergeant Slaughter truly is. Absolutely, man. And, and one thing that we, we have to mention also, Jay, that we haven't brought up one time on the podcast so far is just how much experience this man has. And I'm not even talking about in the ring. You have to remember for years and years and years, he was one of Vince McMahon's right-hand men in the office, backstage, working with talent, developing talent. He has, man, he has so much experience just for doing that. I don't even care about Sergeant Slaughter, the character. I'm talking about how many guys he's helped develop over the last three, four decades. Can you, I, I, I can, I would love to know just how many hands he's had in helping people out because I'm sure, I'm sure it's everyone from Cena to Orton to Triple H to everyone. He was there throughout everything and he was a main stay there. One of Vince's top guys behind the scenes. So we gotta we gotta bring that aspect into the equation as well. Not only did he have a fantastic career, pop culture like we just said, but also he has worked with and helped tremendously, I'm sure, most of the big names in this industry right now. Yeah, when you think the amount of knowledge that he's been able to pass on to the next generation, the amount of tidbits that he's able to throw out to people being involved in wrestling for that many years and then working in front of the camera, behind the camera, working as, you know, the on-screen commissioner, all that stuff is experience, it's knowledge, and just being the type of genuine human being that he seems to be from the stories I hear and from meeting him myself, you know he cares about the product, but he also cares about the people and so you know he's pulling young people aside and he's kind of sharing his experiences, sharing his knowledge, tweaking things here and there. But if you could have him and just sit down with him and have three hours just to pick his brain, Tommy, can you imagine the type of stuff you would learn from a guy who's got this many years in the business? Absolutely, man. And trust me, and, and when you're in this business, uh, I, I, will, I will give everyone uh, another peek behind the curtain real quickly. Anyone that's in the wrestling business, you have to realize we never stop learning. And you have to, even when you get to a certain level, you never stop learning. I try and surround myself with guys that know more than me because you're, you, you, can only, you can only progress so far. And it's a little off topic, but it, it's, it's, it's worthy to talk about. I'm going through this right now with one of the, one of the guys. I'm I'm trying to help out a lot in ISPW. I don't want to say his name, but there's one kid that I'm real high on, real high on, and he's only going to get so good associating himself with whoever he's associating with himself now, and whatever he's doing now to to train himself and make himself better. He's only going to get to a certain level doing that. What he needs and what anyone needs is having guys that are better than you, 
that understand the business better than you that can teach you and guide you. And so I'm doing that right now with him and, and the guys that I, I trust and I value that I know understand this business extremely well that works for ISPW. I'm, I'm developing one-on-one relationships with him and those guys because at, at the shows, it's tough. I mean, everyone's, you know, everyone's, you know, getting ready to do their match and, you know, they're talking about the match with, with their opponent and there's, there's not that much time uh, for that bond to be made at the shows. I know that for a fact because I'm, I'm, I barely get to say hello to all my guys at the show because I'm running around like a chicken with a head cut off doing a thousand different things. So as a talent, you know, looking to, to, to make it to the next level that's at the event, you know, he, he can always say to the guys, you know, hey, can you watch my match tonight? But it, it goes further than that. It's, it's developing relationships with these talents that have been to the dance before that understand what they're doing, that they know what they're doing, that can guide him and help him. And, 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 I'm, and I'm forming those relationships with him and these guys right now. And, and, and that's what you need in this business, no matter who you are. If you're, if, and I know, a lot of my, I know a lot of my guys listen to the show, and I'm sure a lot of other independent guys and people that are in the business listen to this show. The only way you are going to get better at your craft is by associating and surrounding yourself with people that are better than you, people that you can learn from, people that can teach you. So, and that goes for anything. I mean, you can, you can, you can apply that to, to anything you're doing in life, whether, you know, you're a, just say you work in sales, you know, you go out and you freaking buy every book by the top sales guy in the world and you keep reading them and reading them and reading them until you pick up little things here and there. So you always got to keep, you got always got to keep trying to educate yourself and make yourself better no matter what you're doing. And you're a businessman. So I'm sure that you understand that. Listen, just in life, you never stop learning. So if you could have the opportunity to sit underneath a learning tree and pick up tidbits from people that have been there and done that, man, it sure makes your road a little less bumpy. And so I love that you're doing that for the young guys within ISPW. I got some news for you, Mr. Tommy Fierro, Detective Tommy, if you will. Earlier in this episode, you so poignantly pointed out that we lost Danny from Butler as <laughs> his call went to nothing but static. Good news is we may have found Danny from Butler. So let's check back in. Danny, are you there? Can you hear us? I I hear you loud and clear. I don't know what happened. Uh, I definitely didn't hang up, but I, I definitely lost you guys. So I couldn't end the <laughs> I couldn't end the show like that. I had a, you know, I had to wish you guys. You know, a great Fourth of July. You know, you know, enjoyed your weekend, and uh, that's an order. Oh, you too, brother. I hope you have a great that's vacation, a, my man. <laughs> that's a fitting way to end it. Right, I did, love it. You know, you guys just take it easy, and like I said, uh, you know, look forward to it. You guys uh, be safe and uh, enjoy. You too, you too Danny. Thank you, brother. Called back to sign off with one of Sergeant Slaughter's personal taglines. Gotta love that about Danny <laughs> from Butler. Tommy, we're rounding third base. We're heading home. The show's about to end. What is going on in your world? What are you doing to celebrate the 4th of July? What big things are on the horizon for ISPW, for the Wrestling Collector? Fill me in in these closing moments. Yeah, man. So I'm actually taking the month of July off for ISPW only because a lot of people – go on vacation in July and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to 
pigeonhole myself in the corner where I'm doing an event just to do an event, and then you know certain people, certain fans that can't make it because they have vacation or and in, in the summertime also, man. People on the weekends in New Jersey, we have all beaches here, so people go down the shore. They do a lot of stuff. So uh, I'm taking July off 100%. August, I, I have a, a, a tentative date scheduled. I don't know if I'm gonna go through it or not. I I, I don't want to. I don't want to run an event just for the sake of running an event. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know the storylines have to be pushed across and all that stuff, but summer in New Jersey is tough because we have all the – you heard the Jersey Shore, and it's, it's true. I mean, everyone goes down there. But um, I have a lot of big plans for ISPW, man. I'm working on a ton of stuff right now as we speak. As we speak, I'm working on a ton of different avenues and angles and future plans, and I'm very, very excited for the future of ISPW. It's my top priority right now. Uh, more so than the store, more so than 80s Wrestling Con, the virtual signings, anything. My mind is focused on ISW right now. It's what I enjoy doing most, being able to work one-on-one with talents and, and, and help them develop them. And, and, and dude, it's, there's nothing like it for me. I, I love it. So that's my priority. Uh, we are having a signing at the Wrestling Collector on July the 16th. He's buff. He's a stuff. And soon New Jersey can't get enough, Jay, because Buff Bagwell is coming to the Wrestling Collector on Saturday, July 16th. Get your top hats ready. Buff Bagwell in the house. <laughs> I, want to see you in a, I want to see you in a top hat, brother. Listen, man, if I had the type of top hat that Buff wears, the airbrushed version, I might rock that here in St. Cloud. You should see if you could get a top hat for the Wrestling Collector Superstore, get them to sign it, put it on display, sell it. That'd be a cool collectible. Yeah, man. And, and and until next week, Jay, I hope you and your family have a wonderful, absolutely <laughs> I love phenomenal the Fourth of July weekend. I hope you have hamburgers and hot dogs and pretzels and all kinds of great <laughs> stuff, man. And, and, and everyone at home listening, too. <laughs> Listen, we got to come up with a name for that because I'm telling you, that is a marketable <laughs> character right there. Hey, man, in all, in all seriousness, I hope everyone at home – uh, has a great long wait, wait, Fourth of July on a on a on a Monday. It's going to be a long, fun weekend for everyone. Everyone enjoy their family, enjoy their friends. Hope everyone has a great Fourth of July weekend. Jay, my main man, my tag team partner, love you, brother. Hope you and your family have a great Fourth of July weekend, and we will see you back here next week on Eighties Wrestling, the podcast. <laughs>